Virginia. I'm Chris Lang from the Virginia State Golf Association, and welcome to this episode of the Golf in the Commonwealth podcast. The VSGA's championship season officially tees off on Saturday, March 25th, when we partner with the Middle Atlantic PGA to host the 10th MAPGA VSGA Junior Four Ball Championship at Hobbs Hole Golf Course in Tappahannock. It's the start of an eight-month run of championships for players of all ages. One of the most important things we do at the VSGA is to provide competitive playing opportunities for elite players. We're looking forward to another fantastic season of competition golf across the state. What better way to preview the season than to discuss some of the sites and top players involved with those who are deep into running these championships. On this episode, we'll hear from the VSGA's two assistant directors of championships and golf operations, Ken Holobar and Amanda Braun, who will help break down some of the things we'll see out in the course this year. Let's dive right into the conversation. All right, so we're sitting here back in, uh, what do we call this, the, the intern uh, bunker room or whatever here at the back of the VSJ headquarters. The new intern room. It's been revamped. It looks good. Yeah, it's fantastic. I'm here with uh, the, the two voices you just heard are Amanda Braun and Kent Holobar, who are assistant directors of championship and golf operations for the Virginia State Golf Association. And we're here today to talk about the VSJ championship schedule coming up for 2023, which everybody is very excited about. As we could tell on uh, February 14th when registration opened, lots of phone calls, lots of good stuff there. Lots so of thanks. Sign-ups. Yeah, thanks for uh, sitting in with us and talking to us a little bit about today. You're welcome. Um, first of all, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the staffing changes in the tournament department. Uh, you guys have new titles for this year. Um, Kent, you've been basically known as the face of junior golf in Virginia for several years now. Yeah. that way, Amanda for women's golf. But you're not necessarily you're not necessarily going to be at every women's event. You're not necessarily going to be at every junior right. event this year. What were some of the changes? Why why did that happen this year? Yeah, we were going through a, a couple staff changes. Um, Cordy Hamlin moved over to uh, VIP and, and membership, so it gave Josh and Matt an opportunity to really try to restructure things with the tournament uh, department. Amanda and I have been here uh, for a little while together and feel like with an open position and Amanda Kelly coming on board gave us a chance to to take on more responsibility with other tournaments and not just be women's with what Amanda is or just juniors with what I, I do primarily, but do a little bit more of everything. And you'll still see us at those respective departments, if you will, but maybe a, a few others that you haven't seen us before. Yeah, definitely. Um, with a new staff member, Amanda Kelly, as Kent mentioned, I think it gives both Kent and I a way to grow within the association and kind of, as Kent said, take more um, load off of Josh and help with, in all capacities of championships and not just women's, not just juniors, but really learn about the whole men's, senior men's, super senior, junior, women uh, side of things. So I'm excited. I know Kent's excited to to kind of see how these roles play out this year and how it shapes our career going forward. Yeah, we definitely do a lot, like you were talking about there. There's, there's so many championships out there and I'm, I'm kind of on the front lines on so many different um, versions of these things so it's like I, I get a chance to meet the junior girls players and then the super senior men and the super senior women and that that sort of thing so it's pretty cool to see just how much we offer to, to everybody in the state uh, yeah. as far as competitive opportunities go but we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, the tournament season the championship season here and uh, two of the, the biggest changes that happened were just approved at the board level and, and we've announced them 
The Women's Open of Virginia is yeah. going to debut at Independence Golf Club in June. And a Women's Mid-Amateur Championship will be debuting in October. Taking That all basically takes the, the place of the VSJ Women's Stroke Play Championship. So, uh, pour a little bit out for that one. That was a great <laughs> tournament. Alex Austin will be our final champion yeah. of that. And I'm sure she's going to be very happy to compete in the first Women's Open. What, what was, Amanda, I know you've been in part of those discussions. What were some of the discussions on why that happened this year? Yeah, I think the Women's Open is something the VSGA has kind of thought about the past couple of years. We've kind of seen it grow within other associations around the country and thought that it would be a great time to create our own. And we're looking at the schedule the, for women's, it's pretty compact as it is already. So adding another event right off the bat might have been not the best idea. So kind of taking the women's stroke play as it was in the past and renaming it the women's open and making it a true open for both amateurs, professionals, and even open to anyone anywhere. It's not restricted to just Virginia residents. It's not restricted to just Virginia amateurs or pros. Um, we really want to see how this grows and who we get, honestly, for the first year. And we're really excited to be at Independence for this event. Um, Independence houses, houses our uh, other two open championships. So um, great venue, very centrally located. I think they'll do a great job with it, and we're very excited. And uh, just to describe it a little bit more, it's 54-hole stroke play event. We'll get uh, world amateur golf ranking points for the amateur side, and then yep. the professionals will obviously get their their crack at the minimum $15,000 purse, I think is what we started off with, according to Josh. So uh, that's that, that's really cool. And I know that the some of the professionals on the on the MAPGA side, the Ashley Greers and Shannon McHugh, people like that, are probably pretty excited about this too, a chance yeah. to really see where you stand against. And I know the high-level amateurs on our side, you know, Lauren Greenleaf, who was a past USGA champion, I, I know is very excited yeah. to see how this whole thing works out. Yeah, I, I, I think so too. I think there's a lot of amateurs, a lot of pros that maybe, you know, have been trying to get their card on the LPGA Tour and haven't yet and looking for another competitive opportunity, as well as some of these women that may have gone into the workforce for a while that are like, wow, now there's a women's open in Virginia. I'm going to brush off my clubs and get it all in order to, to play in this first women's open. I think it's pretty exciting. Yeah. And we didn't ever offer anything for professional women. So I think it's great to be able to have an event for them competing alongside amateurs um, and kind of see where, where you stand in the state or even hopefully in the country. Yeah. And I note about the professional women too. I know they, they compete in some of the men's events on the MAPGA side. You know, Ashley Greer was actually the MAPGA player of the year last year, which was the first time a woman had won that award. So uh, it's going to be pretty cool to see all that come together. And then we look at the women's mid-amateur and this is interesting because the USGA mid-amateur age is 25. It remains there, but we're going to go with 22 as long as you're not on a college roster. That's something Correct. that other AGAs have done. And the big, the big idea is just to encourage women just out of college to keep playing competitive golf, right? Right, yeah. I think on the women's side, we see that gap of uh, when a woman finishes college and maybe takes on a career and working full-time, we kind of lose them in the, comp the competition side of things. Obviously, there's always some that compete, but trying to still encourage those women who just finished college, maybe finish out their college career, I know that can be a sad time to have something to look forward to. So that event will be, a, will be at International Country Club in October, so the fall, which will be a great time of year to play golf. Um, it'll be at the same time of all of the women's stroke plays, uh, so it'll kind of be a four-for-one event, which will be great to kind of bring mid-ams, seniors, super seniors, and net players together as well. 
Um, so that'll be awesome. I think International is excited about hosting the first Women's Mid-Am. Um, yeah, great venue. It should be it should be great. Yeah, for sure. Um, next thing on the list we want to talk about a little bit was the the four ball. See, it's actually four ball season this year, <laughs> which is not. I mean, they've they've kind of been scattered around a little bit, especially the super senior has been. It's been tough to find a place to put that in the calendar, but we're going to have basically all four of ours. The junior will still be earlier, correct? And that's a yeah, last weekend in March. Okay, yeah, and that's so still excited. Still hope Stora has the exemption into the four ball championship, so mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. Yeah, and yeah, that, that one's a mix with the MAPGA, correct? Yeah, 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 we do a lot with the MAPGA and really value the relationship there. So, yeah, that's going on its tenth year, and hope to have fifty teams there. So things are looking good. And then with the other four, they'll all be played basically in a two weeks span. I think yeah. it is the the regular four ball first, mm-hmm. then the senior, then the women, the super senior, then the women, or maybe women super senior senior. Very good. I know I said it was mixed in there. They're somewhere. very close. Yeah. So so. You know, I, I think a lot of people like four ball early in the year because it kind of allows you to get into your competitive juices a little bit before you start playing in your individual events. I mean, is it just kind of nice to have all this all this group together at this time and have a little bit of a four ball season for the BSG? Yeah, I like it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And like you said, playing with a partner, I think it takes a lot of the pressure off and it's a great way to start a competitive season, getting to be there with someone you know, someone you trust. I think it'll be great. The... Let's talk about the venues a little bit. I'm trying to remember exactly where everything is. The senior four ball is at James River, correct? Right. Yeah. Down in Newport News. Great course. Amazing place. Um, we're at Piedmont Club for the regular four ball. That's right. Yeah, Piedmont so, Club, Northern Virginia. It's been a while since we've been up there. Yeah. yeah they've hosted a couple qualifiers. I think mm-hmm. this might be their first championship that I can remember. Um, but yeah, no, it's a great course. Great centrally located in Northern Virginia. I think it'll be a great four ball course, too. And the women are playing at? At Sony Creek. So Sony okay. Creek, Wintergreen will house them. Uh, we are going to play the Monacan 9 and the Tuckahoe 9. So a little bit different than what we saw at the Women's Stroke Plays a couple years ago. Okay. We've had a lot of stuff up there. Youth Championship was there last year. Mm-hmm. I think Senior Four Ball when we watched uh, uh, a couple of guys. It was uh, Bob Bailey and uh, and, and uh, Robert Nussie shoot 59, which is great because yeah. that was one of my favorite ones because uh, we never got photos of them because they started off number 10. And came and shot fifty nine, and, and, and that was crazy. I mean, that that was an awesome comeback by them. But I felt bad for not getting yeah. their action photos. But uh, um, and then we kind of go into our amateur championships, which are pretty much the crown jewel of what we do at the VSGA. Um, wanted to start with Boonesboro, host of the VSGA amateur championship. I know a place that's near and dear to Kent's heart because we have hosted a lot of junior events. The junior matches have been there. Junior match play has been there. Mm-hmm. Uh, senior four ball recently. Boosboro has been a fantastic uh, venue for the BSGA. What what are people going to ex- expect there? Because I, it's it's a Fred Finlay course. It is not a bomber's paradise. Right. Yeah. I think it's going to be sneaky tough. Um, you've got some undulated fairways. You've got your dog legs, undulated greens. Definitely have to put it in the right spot. It's your classic old school design. I think that. Boonesboro has, like you said, been an amazing supporter of the VSGA, not only through tournaments, but through past presidents and board members that um, the the boys, or Virginia's Carolinas is there every other year. So they're going to do nothing but roll out the red carpet. And I think players are going to have to really step up and it's going to test their game. It's really got a neat finishing stretch. Um, right. six, 16, we're going to guess 16 is probably going to play as a par four. For the air, I don't think so. Yeah, it's a it's a shorter par five with a difficult green that that's basically an eagle or, or birdie hole when it's a par five for anybody in a competition. So, 
but that'll lengthen that up a little bit. 17 is just a bear of a hole. Right? right. I mean, I guess you're hitting long iron to maybe hybrid in there. Um, super tiny green and that entrance road's not out of bounds. <laughs> so you might see a few balls over there. Yeah. And if you get behind the green, it's just, it's kind of death there. I mean, it's, it's, right. it's what, like 227, somewhere in that range. It's a, it's a long shot and, and it's going to decide some holes, I think, in match play in that championship. And then 18 is an awesome finishing hole. goes back up to the clubhouse, yeah. uphill into a, uh, yeah, bunkers on both sides, and I think a bunker behind as well. It's going to yeah, it's going to be an awesome finishing hole, at uphill second shot, and uh, a pretty tough green. So we'll see what the green will allow us to do um, for hole locations getting into match play. Thought it was interesting. Matt and I were talking earlier about uh, the last time that a amateur was played at kind of a not necessarily a bomber's paradise, and it was mm-hmm. Farmington probably in 2015. Mm-hmm. And of course, the two longest hitters in the field made it to the final. It's Mark Lawrence and McLean Hughie. So, who the heck knows what's going to happen? Yeah, um, and yeah, I think it's just going to be an awesome spot. It, like I said, it's a it's a classic course, and um, I just enjoy every time I'm I'm there. I think I discover something new about the golf course every time. I would guess that the Fox Plus is probably their, their invitational is going to get a little bit of a bump this year with people yeah. wanting to get a chance to play it in competition beforehand too. So mm-hmm. of course they have to get invited because that's a that's a tough one to get because it's a really good field almost all the time. But um, we switch switch gears to the women's amateur championship, which has moved to the end of July. Um, yep. We'll be down at Cedar Point where the where the amateur championship was last year. All three of us had a chance to be down there and watch. Some of the matches in that, what are your expectations of what it will look like yeah. for the Women's Am? I think Cedar Point's also excited to host back-to-back amateurs coming off the Men's Am last year, which is 128 players. Um, probably a small, smaller field on the women's side, but it'll be the best golfers in the state who, who play. Uh, Cedar Point is an awesome golf course. I think with the weather conditions, it's right off the river. You get the wind in every direction on that course, it feels like. Um, very match uh, match play friendly. Uh, so I think it'll be a great site and I'm excited to see how it goes down this year. And that's another one with a, a fantastic finishing hole. 18 mm-hmm. is really difficult. Um, uh, the, if you don't make at least birdie on, on 17, cause it's kind of a shorter par five, it's a yeah. gettable par five and 18 is anything but gettable. You get to drive it pretty far down, to, uh, kind of down into a valley, get yourself up, bunkers everywhere. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a fantastic finishing hole. Yeah, hopefully. I remember sitting, watching that green a lot at the men's amateur last year. I think it'll be yeah. great to sit there and watch the women do the same thing this year. I was say, that's right, you weren't scoring a lot right, yeah. right behind there. So. <laughs> yep. Yeah. We had an all-college final last year in the uh, women's am, Kendall Turner against uh, Daniel Su, and I would expect something like that similar will happen. It's better younger a yeah. younger crowd in the women's am. We've seen a lot of college players, a lot of juniors make it to the championship, and I think that's great. It's great for women's golf to see these competitors come from everywhere uh, to compete at our highest level event. Yeah. I would assume both of our finalists from last year on the men's side are going to come back to Boonesboro. I saw that Grayson Wood has already signed up, and he, he is on his way to VCU, and then Ross van der Berg, I believe, is finishing up his career. He might have a year left because of all the COVID stuff, but... Uh, down at Furman. Uh, that was a heck of a run by Ross Funderburg last year at the Amateur Championship to be able to take out a guy like Evan Beck and then just absolutely, <laughs> he, he just got hot on the back nine. I remember watching that and, and Grayson didn't have a whole lot of a chance. He, he did his best, but Ross was just hitting the just hitting the heck out of the ball. Yeah, it never ceases to amaze me how young and how strong the amateur is year after year. Um, but also, 
the venues that we go to, some of the invitationals like the Foxbiz that you mentioned, you know, get some of the senior crowd. So I think that there's some senior men in the state that can get into match play and, and take it deep due to their experience at Boonesboro. Yeah, the couple of guys come to mind on, on that end are uh, that most likely are going to play. I know Steve Soraya has already signed up, and he tends to be able to hit with these in his young 50s. And then Buck Brick is just crafty. He's yeah. won he's won the Fox Post before. I mean, he's won the mid-end when he was a senior. So I mean, he's a guy that uh, I certainly wouldn't want to have to scrap with him in match play because his short game is just is that good. So, um, But uh, it, it should be really fun. Then we've got the state open of Virginia back at Independence. So we'll have three, as we, you mentioned, Amanda, three different opens at Independence. It'll be the third year back, um, another 54-hole championship. Nick Tolliver from Radford University was the winner last year, who grew up basically five minutes away, went to James River High School, uh, made a, a really held on for dear life as Evan Beck was trying to tra- <laughs> charge him down last year. Um, that, that event is, is, is a lot of fun just because of getting a chance, for, like we talked before, to see the professionals in the Amherst mix. That's right, yeah. I mean, Independence has been such a great host uh, for the State Open, for the Senior Open, for the first Women's Open. So definitely excited to be back there. It's produced some pretty amazing finishes since it got the State Open back. So looking forward to seeing it again. Yeah, I was going to say we had, what, two years ago, Mark Lawrence and right. Evan Beck battling on the on the final green. And, and Evan, who doesn't usually show a ton of emotion, showed a lot of emotion when he won that one. So that was, yeah. I'm sure he'll be chomping at the bit to try to, yeah. uh, uh, especially, or try to win again, especially as he's uh, making a charge trying to make the Walker Cup team this year. So, um, one of the senior amateur is at Willow Oaks Country Club in Richmond, another place that's been uh, a really good host of, of late junior match play last year. So you, you got to see it up close. What, what kind of match play course will it look like? I think it's awesome match play course. I think it's going to test stroke play to shoot the best possible score, obviously, right? You want the, the best players in match play, but I think it's an amazing stroke play course. And I think it can be tightened up to be even better match play course. You know, Sean Patterson and Eric Frazier over there do an amazing job. The membership is so strong with senior men's golf that there could be a little bit of pressure on on those guys to make sure that they make it into match play mm-hmm. um, with all the local knowledge. When you look at uh, you know Steve Sreer, who we already mentioned as a men- yeah. member there, Dave Jordan, who right. made it to the final last year at Cavalier, is is a member there. So you would, you would expect those guys are definitely wow. to be. I'm sure they're excited to yeah. play on their own course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what were your memories from the from the women's stroke play? Before? Yeah, Willow Oaks is great. I think it's definitely difficult. You need to make sure you know where to hit the ball. Uh, there's a lot of water out there. Um, but yeah, no, I think match play will be really cool to see because it really, you have to play very strategically on some of their holes to make sure you get the ball in the right spot, don't get in any trouble, and um, those greens are not easy. No, they're not. And I can remember, too, uh, it was also the host of the uh, Battle for the Green Jacket, the 2022 <laughs> VSJ State or, uh, Staff Championship. And uh, I can attest to the amount of trouble there is on the right side, especially when you go around the bend from like three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, there's not a lot, there's a lot of penalty areas there. And I think I get... <laughs> Hit eleven balls into the, those penalty areas. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of rough between the edge of the fairway where the penalty area starts. I will toot my own horn. I did eat, uh, birdie number eighteen. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. We're Is everyone watched the finish? <laughs> a lot of pressure. Didn't win, but I birdied. Yeah, you saved the best for last. So. That's right. <laughs> yeah, and it was Josh. Josh that won the coat. The, yeah, the jacket again last year. Again, the coat's coat. We'll call it right now. Yeah, very fitting. <laughs> Go from there. But um, then the, the senior women's amber is back. 
It is bad. At the homestead, uh, as it is uh, almost every year, Andrea Miller has since just been kind of untouchable in that event the last couple of years on the regular senior side. But I wanted to talk to you more about the super senior women's side because it is seemingly a very big growth area. Yes. The Super Senior Women's is something we started uh, at the amateur level five years ago now, at the stroke play level six years ago, and I think we've seen a lot of growth on both fronts. Um, As some of the senior ladies kind of bridge into the Super Senior, I think they've accepted that and want to really flourish in Super Senior, uh, which is great to see. I think it opens the door for the maybe new seniors coming down the line, as well as giving uh, some of the older senior, super senior ladies, something else to compete for and, and really play for. Um, being at the homestead, it's a great course. I think clearly the women love it. We go back every year and get 120 plus players, which is awesome. It's a great week full of match play, camaraderie, social life. It's it's really got it all. Um, and having the senior and super senior, I think, is something that's been great for, for women's golf. And that one's really good, too, just because you, you don't have to be – there's obviously people that are at the championship level, but but there are right. people who just want to come and play and get a chance to Absolutely. let their feet in match play and, and multiple flights on in yeah. both events. And yep. Everything is flighted. If you're not a championship player, you get flighted by your handicap and seated by your qualifying score from the first day. So you're likely playing against people who are of similar abilities, and it, it's really a lot of fun. You get to meet a lot of new people, come see friends that maybe you've seen the past couple years. Um, it's what a lot of the ladies talk about, so... Uh, it's definitely something that I would encourage all senior, super senior players to look into. Yeah, that and that old course is uh, it's it's interesting. It's what six par threes, six it's par great. fours, six par fives, including and there's that. like two penalty areas, <laughs> but a lot of rough. Yeah, easy easy mark though. For, for easy mark, but a lot of rough. I've heard a lot of things about the rough of that course that time of year. It's the rough is rough yeah. at the homestead. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, wanted to to kind of go into some other the little changes that we had the. Uh, the split of the multi-format championship, which was kind of the lid lifter for the season, but it, it got big. And as we talked about the super seniors, the super seniors wanted a piece of this. They did. And it's a little too much to try to do three divisions at one place at the Dominion Club. So. Yeah, so the multi-format, it, uh, fifth year for that as well. It We've seen it grow and continue to flourish ever since we first had it. It's a super fun event. It's uh, one that's not... Um, it's, it's, def- it's different. You have a scramble round, you have an alternate shot round. So you have one round that's a lot more fun and a lot the other one's a little bit more strategic. So it's really open to a lot of different abilities in, in men's golf. And we saw that with seniors and now super seniors. So it's branched off. Senior and super senior will be separated out this year. So just the spring event at the Dominion Club will be for more open players, players of all ages and abilities. And then the super senior, super senior will have their crack at it at Lakeside in the fall. Yeah, and we, we have a group of, of seniors, younger seniors especially, still like playing in regular events. So that gives them an opportunity to try to compete in both where they couldn't do that before. Right. So that's that's kind of cool. And then, again, giving the super seniors a chance, it's a, it's a big growth area. I, I know my, myself personally, I'm trying to get myself ready to play in super senior events. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> 5, 20, 30 years down the road, whatever it's going to be, we won't, we won't say what, what that is. Yeah. But uh, uh, Dominion Club is the host of the first one which is where we had uh, the Open Championship, I'm saying, that, and we had that there last year as well. So that's a great little venue for, not little, great venue for the yeah. uh, for the championship. <laughs> I think it's a great course that's uh, great for scramble. You can go pretty low in the scramble round, mm-hmm. and then for the alternate shot, you do have to think about it a little bit more. Yeah. Same what, thing with Lakeside. 
Yeah, for sure. Oh, like I said, the first four holes here. Yeah. Very, very <laughs> difficult. Uh, I'm thinking of Dominion Club. 15 is a really fun hole to watch if you go out there because you can, we set it up pretty short sometimes. Yep. It's a par four. You can go for it, but if you don't get it over the water, you're, right. it's tough. I mean, if you yeah. get behind in that bunker, I've watched guys take three shots to hack it out of there. Um, it's 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 definitely a really good risk reward. Yeah, it'll be a good strategy hole for partners for sure. Yeah. Um, moving on to our junior championships, we have uh, the same three that, that that we usually do as far as our major ones. The junior match play will be down at Kiln Creek, which might be a very first time VSGA championship host. I'd have I to look that up. I think it is. Yeah. Um, and, and Kent, this is a favorite of any years, just because you love to talk about uh, development for the juniors, and, and this yeah. is a great place where you can kind of test and see where you are. You know. For sure, and Kiln Creek has been so good to us with qualifiers and especially junior golf circuit events that if a junior is trying to dabble in their championship for the first time and have played Kiln Creek for junior golf circuit events, then why not try for the junior match play? You know, we'll have about 120 plus players there for the first round. Um, the goal would be, can you make the, the second round of stroke play? Can you make it to 16 ties? And then can you make the next cut to 16 for match play? So I think it's a, a goal setting tournament. I think it's a, a learning experience for maybe the younger boys, you know, could they handle the championship with physically, mentally and everything in between. So it, it should be fun. And like I said, Chris Dillo and, and Kiln Creek have been awesome supporters. Looking forward to seeing how that one turns out down there. Uh, the junior stroke play will be at Birdwood Golf at Boar's Head Resort this year, which is a um, great course. We've got, had a chance to play it a couple of times when we had a board meeting up there. And uh, uh, it's UVA's home course, obviously, and this yeah. is a, a really good showcase for them to get a chance to play like a college-level course in front of, I'm assuming, uh, several college coaches will be out there for that. Right. We uh, saw a strong showing of college coaches last year at Riverbend and expect nothing less uh, this year at Birdwood um, with, yeah, being UVA's course. Um, they've also been on the schedule a few times with uh, junior golf circuit events. Uh, that yardage is definitely going to be pushed close to 7,000. It's going to be it's going to be fast out there. I know some of the fairways are going to be super tight, so the ball's going to run. Um, it is going into a date change. So first couple of days in August versus the traditional last few days in July. So we'll get off of a confliction that we had with the uh, U.S. junior amateur, but uh, hopefully we can bring out the best of the best at Birdwood. Yeah, and that's a big deal trying to – and that's something that I don't, I don't think everybody realizes that we have to deal with, the, the amount of – the USGA moves things around. You want to have your championships to the point where you get your best players. I know you've dealt with this with the on the yeah. women's side with the North and South. Mm -hmm. um, the junior girls sometimes conflicts with our junior girls. We're we're just trying to get the give people the best opportunity to get the best fields for them to compete against and get better against. Yeah. So the junior girls will be in the Charlottesville area, well, Waynesboro area, outside of Charlottesville, uh, Orchard Creek, which is the home course of our defending champion, Elsie McCleary. Um, what are your thoughts on We've had qualifiers there. What are your thoughts on that course and, and taking a championship there? I think it's going to be awesome. It's another classic uh, mountain course with uh, some blind tee shots, blind second shots, maybe more downhill um, approach shots. But uh, yeah, with Elsie having a little home field advantage there, it should be interesting. Um, Candy Comer has an amazing thing going out there with her instruction and growth of junior girls. So, Hopefully that helps bring out some of this talent. 
um, as we try to grow junior girls golf around the state. I, I think it's going to be an awesome site. And we added an intermediate division last year. So mm-hmm. it's right. there is something for some of the girls who maybe aren't ready for that top of the championship level. So come on out and play in the intermediate and get your toes wet and, and kind of experience the SGA championship. Maybe it's not the longest yardage, but uh, it's still competitive, still something to play in and, and be proud of. And you bring up Candy Comer as well. She's uh, obviously she won our Grow the Game Award several years ago. Huge proponent of junior golf. Great, great instructor. It's going to be awesome to see her out there and, and, and get her charges out there yeah. playing as well. So. Virginia Golf Hall of Famer. This is true. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, and I wanted to give uh, a chance to talk about the Net Amateur Championship, which was something that's going into its fourth year, correct? Fourth year, yeah. The Net Amateur. It's something that we've created for, again, maybe none of those top-of-the-top championship players of all ages, all abilities, um, kind of come out and experience a BSGA championship. It is 100% net, so you do get your strokes, depending on your handicap. Uh, it's a really cool event. It's definitely grown since we've had it, a uh, field of 96 to 100 typically. Um, but yeah, if you're on the fence of playing BSGA events, that is a great one to start with. Yeah, it's going to be split up into uh, a couple different divisions, right? So uh, players get 95% of their course handicap. I and just because it says net amateur, I mean, this is very much treated like a championship, mm-hmm. like the regular amateur, and I think it's going to be awesome competition. And for those players, like Amanda said, that maybe have been reluctant in signing up for a championship due to their handicap, this is going to be competitive as well. Yeah, 36 hole stroke play. Uh, Vinatera, Club of Vinatera is hosting mm-hmm. out in New Kent. We've been there for a bunch of qualifiers. Great course. They just got a new clubhouse. Um, it's pretty central located, which is easy to get to from a bunch of different places. So I think they'll do a great job with it. Yeah, I had my first chance to go out to the Net Amateur last year. Went up for the second day and got a chance to watch those guys competing or, and, and the ladies, too, that were in the field. It was just it was kind of a neat feeling because you, you know that some of these players are going to come in and they're going to shoot their 92 gross, but you, you, you have something to fight for when you know what your handicap is and how many pops you're getting on a hole. This yeah. is the only reason I can compete in the staff championship. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that you brought that up. Yeah. It is both men and women. There is a women's division mm-hmm. for it. So we'd like to grow the women's division in that event particularly. Yeah, so it should be a fun course for that. Um, and then we get a chance to hype uh, the, the junior golf circuit, which is, I know, something near and dear to everybody's heart here, especially yeah. yours. Um, any changes this year that we're going to see out there? Or? Yeah, there are a few cool changes. Um, we're implementing some 18-hole four-ball events. Uh, trying to schedule as many 36-hole events as we can. Um, But it's just an amazing way and kind of a hidden way for players to stay competitive, even if they think a nine-hole event's not for them. It brings out aspects in their game that they may thought were really good and they're not. Or fill your schedule with 18-hole events. Rack up the points. You know, let's earn your exemption into the junior stroke play or junior golf circuit championship. Uh, New for this year... Um, Allison O from the last year's um, points leader earned an exemption into the Donna. So it goes back to how nice. awesome, you know, Boonesboro has been to us. And so that will be a continuing exemption. We have a relationship with Scott Robertson for uh, the points leader from the previous year for the boys. So, yeah, the whole tie in with the junior golf circuit is so amazing to championships and just the growth of juniors. And then we had, uh, I was going to say that there's a nine-hole championship as well uh, at the end of the year. That uh, There will be. Yeah. yeah, that's always awesome, too. So players of any age that compete in the 
a nine-hole event and win their age group with at least three players in there will uh, be invited to play in the nine-hole championship later in the year. And then one other thing we want to discuss a little bit, just keep it in front of people's minds, youth on course. This is another thing that continues to grow here. We've added, what, three or four courses already this year. I know we're working on on several other ones. Aaron Strickler, our new manager of uh, marketing and outreach, has been, has been key in that. So, um, you know, just what kind of an opportunity is that for, for kids to, to just get a chance to to play for, for five bucks. I mean, if I had that opportunity when I was a kid, I would play golf. Right. I, know, yeah. I know. Things are uh, things are just looking up with junior golf opportunities throughout the state. We're super excited to continue working with Youth on Course to expand the opportunities. Aaron uh, has done a great job of, I think, getting three to four courses just in Southwest Virginia, just signed on two or three more in Northern Virginia. So the expansions are happening really quickly. Uh, the opportunities are out there. Every junior golf circuit member gets a youth on course membership. Um, yes, yeah, so we just encourage everyone to get out there and, and find their course in their area, find the window to play, and take advantage of that that five dollar eighteen hole round. Well, anybody have have anything else to add or uh, things yeah. that you want to hype this year? <laughs> <laughs> I think we're super excited about uh, every venue that has. It was hosting a championship. It continually becomes more difficult to schedule championships and qualifiers. So really have to, you know, tip the hat to those that have signed on for this year to make 2023 as special as it can be. Yeah, I agree. I think we have a great schedule. First event, uh, junior four ball in March, and then right off with the multi-format in April and all the way through November. So We'll be busy here out on the course here shortly. I was going to say, October used to be kind of a light month around here. but Not, not anymore. anymore. <laughs> we also uh, help administer these six uh, VHSL championships and the, yes. and, the, and the girls open. So that, that's, that's a very busy end of the year time. So, yeah, we'll try to wrangle that jacket away from Josh Coates. Too. That's right. Yeah. Well, somebody's going to have to do it. We'll see it. We'll see. It's probably going to be Michael. Come on. <laughs> Anyways. All right, well, Kat and Amanda, thanks so much for joining us today and uh, giving us a little taste of what to expect here in the tournament season. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thanks. Thanks to Amanda and Kent for joining us today. I know I'm excited to get back out in the course and want some great golf this summer, and I hope you are too. Want to get into the game? Visit VSGA.org to find your perfect playing opportunity. Whether that's in an elite championship, the net amateur championship, or even a one-day event, the VSGA offers a little bit of something for everybody who wants to wet their competitive whistle. That'll do it for this episode. Thanks for listening, and until next time, so long.